We would like to thank your sponsor, Valley First, a division of First West Credit Union and a member-owned financial cooperative serving the Okanagan, Similkameen, and Thompson regions. They offer a wide range of banking and investment services for individuals and families. Valley First also has a talented business and commercial team to provide the expertise, products, and services local businesses need to grow and thrive. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Business Matters presented by Valley First, a division of First West Credit Union, where we delve into the stories and insights of leaders and change makers in our community. I'm your host, Rob Capello, and today we're joined by two guests, Taylor Wiley, General Manager, and Tony Weller, Director of Sales and Marketing uh, from Anodyne Electrics Manufacturing, and we're going to say AEM for now on, so I don't have to pronounce all of that, if that's okay. It says in the background, so I won't forget. Uh, you guys are a leader in electronics manufacturing for the aviation industry, so thank you guys for joining me today. Wonderful. Thanks for having us, Rob. No problem. Yeah, great to be here. So you guys are fresh off, I say fresh, I'll say fresh off uh, a win as a 2023 Large Business of the Year Award at the Cologne Chamber of uh, Business Excellence Awards. Um, so I'm excited to sort of uncover a little bit about you know, all the success and what you guys do. But um, I was saying before we logged on that I suspect like most people might have not have heard of you, who you guys are. And I got to learn about a, an amazing company in our backyard over the last few days as I was researching you guys. So maybe you can just start by telling us a little bit about who you guys are. Um, we see an awesome picture of you guys' building in the background, so which which is great. So, but maybe tell us a little bit about who you guys are and what you guys do. Yeah, for sure. Um, we're a, as you mentioned, we're a leader in design, development, and manufacture of aircraft communication systems, loudspeaker systems, mission radios, caution warning panels, um, and then our air airframe crack detection compliance sensors as well. So we're a vertically integrated facility. Um, we've got a big operations department, which incorporates our electronic side, faceplates, metal shop, and then our CVM, our comparative vacuum monitoring um, production areas. But we also have a full R&D team working on development and launch of new products um, in support of existing products, as well as a full sales team and a uh, technical support team in development as well to kind of take us into the future. We've uh, we've been in Kelowna for, oof, I mean, as AEM, 14 years now. We opened our doors in October of 2009. Uh, it stemmed from an employee buyout from the previous company, uh, Northern Airborne Technologies. So when we opened our doors, we had 55 employees. I am very happy to say almost 15 years later or 14 and a half years later, uh, 20 of those original employees are still here. So yeah, we've been um, a big part in the community. We moved facilities just recently uh, from Kirshner over here onto Crowley in uh, yeah. the end of 2021. Very interesting. And I'm curious, maybe we're, we're, I want to touch a little bit about sort of the history, but before we do as well is maybe um, if you guys can let us know a little bit about your individual roles. And and I always like to ask sort of what the day to day looks like in your gut. And I know it's probably uh, different every day, which is sort of the fun things about being in business. But maybe you guys tell us a little bit about your guys' individual roles within the organization. For sure. Tony, if you want to lead off. Uh, yeah, so director of sales and marketing. So I have the sales and marketing team uh, reports to me. Um, and so that uh, that encompasses uh, both our, we'll call it our yeah, uh, you know, sales and order processing uh, elements on the sales side, okay. um, our external facing uh, salespeople, but also we're, we have a uh, an extended sales force as well. So we have a, a network of distributors, uh, dealers or integration centers, 
and and uh, technical representatives that help us throughout the world. Um, so we've got products that are that are installed and are flying on pretty much every continent. Um, Antarctica would be the seventh continent, oh, and we actually have a project <laughs> underway right now where we've got three aircraft that'll be going down and operating out of Antarctica with our kit on there. So we're, cool. we're, we're almost there. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'll be, uh, mm -hmm. so that's, that's pretty exciting. Uh, yeah. And the marketing team, uh, obviously, uh, reports to myself as well. So right. I'm, uh, yeah, responsible for kind of guiding, guiding that for the organization. Uh, right. Um, and, and ultimately ma maintaining and, and growing sales, uh, and support of our products globally. Cool. Thank you. Awesome. How about you, Taylor? Uh, I'm the general manager here at yeah. AEM. So I've been here quite a while and and performed a lot of roles. I started as an electronic technician and, and worked my way all the way up uh, into this seat in the general manager position. So primarily, of course, uh, the strategy side of things right. and vision and, and the development and growth and, and movement of AEM and, and our global position and what we want to do there. Um, but of course, I've I've got a big operations background, so I I do tend to uh, spend a lot of time <laughs> on that side of it and understanding it and and just sort of working those efficiencies and and working on improvements as well. So I I, I the the leadership team reports directly to me, but I okay. do have a, a big part in the day to day. I do try to be involved as much as possible. So, um, but primarily, I'd say strategy, vision, and and guiding the company and moving it forward and and what's our next steps and you know, what is tomorrow, what is next year, and what does five right. years look like? So so how did you guys start? I was curious if we kind of go back to when you started with AM, like what, like how did that come together? What attracted you guys to the company? And you've been there for a while, actually, you know, obviously Taylor and I assume <laughs> maybe you, Tony, like, so what, what originally attracted you to AM? So for me, I was, uh, I was actually from NAT. So prior to that, got it. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I got graduated Okanagan College with the electronic technician um, program. Okay. So was really just looking to, uh, to, for lack of, I was looking to work indoors at that time. You're like, that I age. needed a job, Rob. <laughs> exactly. So, so I, uh, I applied here at NAT. It was, uh, it was one of the biggest ones in Kelowna at that right. time, but I knew a couple of the uh, previous employees at NAT and, and they sort of suggested it. And at the college, of course, uh, NAT had a big involvement with it as AEM we do as well too, and, uh, and hire a lot of the local right. graduates. So that's sort of where I stem from. So it was more just out of uh, what was there, what was available. Um, and then, yeah, started NAT. And, and when the opportunity came to join AEM, uh, I loved my time at, a at NAT right. and just wanted to be a part of that, uh, the growth and the development of a new company and, and what it could do. So 15 years later, 16 <laughs> total, and, and here we are. Interesting. How about you, Tony? Yeah, for, for me, so I was uh, fresh off a uh, completing a, Postgraduate program at UBC in sales okay. and marketing. Um, was was working in Vancouver as a sales manager for an organization there. Um, and for for our family and for myself, we were looking for mm. you know a a to uh, combat the the increasing yeah. cost of living on the Lower Mainland uh, and b looking for a, a new challenge to help um, you know to take advantage of that education experience that I now had under my belt. Um, and you know serendipitous timing uh, for on a number of el uh, elements there. Uh, but AEM was also looking for a sales manager to come in and properly set up a sales system um, to help help the company prepare for growth uh, in, in the years ahead. So 
Um, so I was hired by the vice president of business development at that time. Um, and then as he was transitioning out of the organization right. towards retirement, um, he basically also had the opportunity to train me up to kind of take Very over cool. a lot of his roles and responsibilities. And then, you know, from there, I was able to kind of continue to build the team uh, underneath me. That's great to hear. Like the, you don't hear a lot where people get into a company and you're there and opportunity for growth. Like that doesn't happen a lot nowadays, which is great to hear. So you guys are doing something right. And that kind of brings me to sort of that transition when you guys were at NAT and you went into AM and now, you know, as an employee owned, you mentioned vertically integrated company. How does, how did that legacy or like influence or even shape your guys's culture today? Like, cause you, you, you know, you've, it's, it must be a very tight knit culture, very, you know, when it's employee owned, you guys have been there for a while, there's opportunity for growth. So thinks, can you speak all that transition would have, because I, if I read right, literally Friday NAT closed and Monday, you guys are open as AM. I think that's sort of the progression oh. how it happened, right? So. Yeah, for sure. And and like you say, initially we were employee owned. That was the start of AEMs. That's Got it. shifted and transitioned. SMS, our parent company, um, it. took ownership, took over ownership. Yeah. So, so, but as, as you talk in that, that the NAT days, um, the real pride and joy of everybody at NAT and now even at AEM was you were a, you were a world renowned brand. Mm. People knew the equipment that you were working on. So people took pride in that and, and you had your own development teams making those products, but then you had your operations, your production teams putting them together, which was a unique opportunity when you've got it all in one facility right. As an employee and as a production worker and working and building these units and going on to aircrafts, you actually get to see the aircrafts it went on and hear stories of how it affected the operators. So that passion and that desire to, and, and ownership of our product at NAT really carried through to AEM. Hmm. When we opened the doors as AEM, unfortunately, we or fortunately, but we were only a contract manufacturer at that time. So we didn't have any of our own products or any of our own developments putting out. So that fire was still there in those five <laughs> employees. And it was within within the first 18 months, we already started looking at what does an R&D department look right. like? How do we start building the foundations of that and getting back to building our own product and, and building the, the legacy of AEM and, and what it is today? So it really did that that desire to an ownership and passion in, in product is, is, I think, the biggest thing that carried over. And as we move towards you know, 2024, and we've got an exciting product launch in a couple of months here, right. you really can feel that excitement internally again and, and really that desire and that that. Um, that passion for working for working here at AEM, but then seeing you know what you built with your hands yeah. flying off the aircraft and, and <laughs> hear the you know the results and the feedback yeah. of it. So, so yeah, I mentioned you guys maybe just coach. to just just to add yeah to that, for sure uh, you know from a from a cultural perspective like and it's it's a it's a conscious decision as well for mm. us to continue in that it's I think it's easy to let your standards slide but yeah for sure for for us there there's just there's no other way. Right. Um, so it's a conscious part of our hiring process is, uh, you know, okay, do they have the skills and abilities? Yes. But I think culturally a fit as well. Because uh, yeah. if that's not going to work, then our values are compromised. Our, our ethics are compromised. And ultimately the product is compromised, which means the customer is compromised. Uh, and that, you know, in, in the world of special mission aircraft operations, that doesn't work. <laughs> it's interesting because you read a lot about even, you know, even if a person's a top performer, if they don't fit in culture, it's time to get rid of that person, right? So because it 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 will 
influence everybody else within the organization right it can seep through everywhere so it's interesting that model so i'm curious yeah. um i know that your guys is you know clientele isn't in the Kelowna market but you know it's home for you and it's where you you know where you guys work and where the team is what did what did it mean to you guys when you won the large business of the year award for the uh in the Kelowna chamber of commerce like what did that recognition mean to you and the team even though like you said your clientele isn't here but this is where you live and breathe and in and, uh, you know, you guys work day to day. So, yeah, uh, for me, it, it was a, a, it was exciting. It was a huge accomplishment to see, you know, as you as an aviation company and we've all heard of supply chain, uh, supply chain woes through COVID. That was that was a major one. And, and you know, you you experienced a little bit of, uh, of, of suppression to your growth and it was oh, difficult sure. to kind of get through it. Um, so to move through that and then for me being uh, my first first year in the new position, it was it was quite an incredible achievement and accomplishment. But as the team, and I think what was the most exciting was was people and, and everyone, how how much they saw the community or how, how much they realized the community saw us now mm. and how it kind of opened up those eyes where I, I, you know, you might not know, but Kelowna is is really a huge growing cluster for aviation companies. Mm. There's about 30 plus of us here. So mm. to win the, the large business award was one thing, but to to be a manufacturing and an aviation company as well, I think it just really put Very the cherry cool. on top and and kind of made people give them that little bit of sense of pride and of, of what they're doing is not only recognized to your point globally on on the products that we put out, but now to see that locally and, and be recognized for it was was huge. and. Put a put some put some big smiles on people's faces. I imagine, yeah. Or your hard work pays off. Um, Tony, I'm curious. You mentioned sort of the like the geographical area that you guys cover from a client perspective, but I'm curious if you can speak a little bit about who your clients actually are. Like, who do you guys actually work with? Like, who are the people that you're working with? Where would you find your products for people that are listening? Maybe to get that make that connection. Yeah, for, for sure. Um, I think to to pull it to something locally uh recently of course the the large fire event that took place yeah. uh earlier this year so you you would have seen a lot of uh, active aircraft both fixed wing and uh and and rotary wing aircraft operating on that uh on that fire right um and i would i'd, I'd be willing to place a a fairly substantial bet that there was something on every aircraft that came out of our factory mm -hmm. uh whether it was our product specifically or something that we made for uh, another company within the aviation industry, there, there would be something on one of those aircraft that came from Kelowna. Um, you know, and, and we, we had aircraft here that like the Skycrane with, with Ericsson right. is, is coming all the way out of Oregon. Um, but e even something as, uh, you know, as famous as that within the aerial firefighting community is going to have something on it from here. Hmm. Um, and then the, the new product that we, that we announced towards the end of last year is, is we're hoping is going to become an even more integral part right. uh, of those firefighting operations, uh, throughout North America and, uh, and the applicable other regions within the world, like Chile, Australia, New Zealand, uh, these kinds of countries. Um, you know, if, if we kind of step back, uh, another layer from that, um, pretty much if you're, uh, a law enforcement uh, or customs border protection type aircraft, you're probably a candidate for for our products as well, depending on the airframe type that you're that you're utilizing. Um, so, yeah. Texas Department of Public Safety, U.S. Customs and Border Protection, um, uh, great customers of ours uh, and heavy users of our product. Um, 
and then you step back out and add <laughs> another layer uh and and you start looking at uh you know in japan uh right. europe basically if if you're running uh in the law enforcement search and rescue uh emergency medical services um what we call the alphabet agency type world is right. you're you're a candidate for for our product yeah is there a lot of competitors in your space like to do what you guys do like is it a very competitive yeah. market it, it it depends on the product category for sure okay um but yeah there's there's it is certainly a a competitive market and so then it comes down to product feature set um quality support th those are the, the 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 key things that uh, that the customers right. are looking for is as they're choosing um, a system or product to be installed on their aircraft. So how do you guys with so many like diverse clients across the really the world, how do you approach customer service and client relationships? Because you've got such a broad, like in far reaching, but it's still such a technical and specialized industry, right? Like, so how do you, how do you balance servicing someone that's miles and miles away from you? You know what I mean? And like, so how, how do you guys approach that part of it? Yeah, so that's a, that's a good, good question. Um, you know, we're, we're sitting here in Kelowna. It's probably, you know, it's it's not a terribly advantageous time zone to be dealing from. Um, right. You know, by the, by the time we get up and operating in the morning, you know, New York's three hours ahead, Europe's eight to nine hours ahead, right. uh, and it's already it's it's bedtime in Japan, right? <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so you you, you kind of have to work in creative fashions there. I mentioned our external uh, right. sales force. And they're, they're a really huge part of it for us. Mm -hmm. um, and so we we basically end up with a, a competent individual or organization on the ground in that region who speaks a language, knows the local business customs, if, if it's right. you know horribly different from how we operate in Canada, um, and has enough technical know-how that they can at least provide that kind of first layer of support or, um, or acknowledge the customer and go, hey, I'm going to get you an answer on this and 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 mm -hmm. make sure AEM is aware and we can escalate it appropriately. Um, and then of course, sometimes you just have to stay up late or get up early. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Or, or, or we, you know, we, we also spend a, I would say a, a fair amount of investment for, for a company our size on, on getting FaceTime with the customer or the mm -hmm. operator uh, as well. Cause that's, that's really important. Um, you know, obviously through the, through the the pandemic times, yeah. you know, you get used to doing the uh, the virtual uh, type meetings like this. Um, but you you you're you're limited to a to a certain uh, standpoint on on what sure. you can actually achieve on those. Yeah. And sometimes you just have to go there, and that's that that's what we do. Part of the business. Um, and then yeah, and and part of my role is making sure that we've got the right partners in the right places at the right, right. times as we right. as we continue to grow and expand and we expect more of our of our partners and and our customers are expecting more out of us we're, we're constantly refining and reviewing that hmm. interesting i'm curious is and maybe taylor you can speak to this is that has the industry changed for you guys a lot like over the years you've been involved like the products that you're you, you're manufacturing or selling 10 years ago are they quite a bit different than today or is it, or do you kind of like, do they all look and feel the same? There's not a lot of growth or advancement in it. 
Uh, I, it's a very healthy blend of both, to be okay. honest with you. So, <laughs> of course, with with aviation and aircraft, and and you hear and you see, you know, even just talking of the 737s in the air, you've got aircrafts that are 20 plus years old, 50 right. plus years old. So a lot of our products have a, a huge lifespan. And then even after the lifespan is, is done and you've come out with the next generation of it, you still support that legacy product. So we've got loudspeaker systems, um, faceplates, panels, and things like that, that you know, they were built in the in the mid early 80s and, yeah. and we'll still get those in for a repair and support that. But as we move into that next generation and, and the, the next next projects and the next upgrades, so to speak, on them, you are we are we're starting to really see changes, of course, mm. with software and, and right component sizes. So right. historically with electronics, lots of through hole components, manual board stuffing, one sided, um, you know, not not very compact. You look at a phone now, you can see what technology <laughs> and electronics are in that. We're yeah. not that scale of, of fine um, of fine components, but the difference between when I started to to now is is tremendous as we look mm. at surface mount and the capabilities of units, software development and and what that's allowed us to do and to program into it. Um, but then also just the demand from the end customer as well of of wanting a you know a, a reliable and functional product sometimes means that that product has a really long lifespan. They're right. With it, they resist the change for it. So when you go into development for a new one, it's imperative that you get there you have an understanding of what that end user is going to use and and not just to tony's point who's selling that product but that the actual operator the the person who's going to be touching feeling right. um the products we're making to get that input is absolutely vital so it's uh it, it's kind of yeah an interesting shift as we go um on the cvm side or comparative vacuum monitoring of course that's a that's a, a you know a totally different um, means of technology that's been in aircraft before and and for crack detection and compliance in that. So it's a uh, it, that that I would say is is dramatically different than mm. the electronic side. But surprisingly, um, it's more just uh, it's more functional changes than it is the aesthetics and the, the feel of it. So uh, Tony, if you've got a, a little bit more talk on yeah. that, yeah. Uh, to to put it simply, uh, aviation is expensive. Uh, and it's and it's expensive for a reason um, because there's a massive safety yeah, factor sure. that, that that's involved there. You know, um, we you, you buy a, a you know a sound system for your car and you install it aftermarket. Something goes wrong with that. I uh, maybe there's an electrical short. Like that's the worst that could happen. But yeah. uh, so you pull over the side of the road or you turn it off. You go back to the, to the people who installed it or whatever, and and you get it fixed. But uh, in aviation, when something goes wrong, gravity starts to take over, and that's mm -hmm. a problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so there, there, there's such a massive layer of um, of certification, redundancies, right. qualification that goes into these products to make sure they're safe to go on the aircraft, and that certification effort for the product itself, and then the product onto the airframe, right. is another level of of cost to it. So. So once you've got something that's certified to be used on an aircraft, it takes a really long time to get to stop using that thing. Um, yeah. And oftentimes when we're signing up for uh, for contracts, particularly at the OEM level, is there's a requirement for us to support that product for the lifetime of the aircraft, which is between 15 to 25 years, depending right. on the type of aircraft it is and the role that it's in. So now you start kind of thinking about that, like that, that's the layer of investment that is, that goes into a product 
but that's also the layer investment that goes into an inventory piece from us as well is right. So we have to have spare pots and components and things yeah, on hand, yeah, yeah. and the capability to be able to manufacture or support that product through the lifetime. And then, you know, Interesting. so now you look at the, the 737s, for example, is this 30 year old 737s flying out there, right? That they're going to keep flying for a couple more years. Here, yeah. Guys, yeah. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. 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 Interesting. So how do you guys balance the, well, two sides actually. How do you how do you foster sort of that creativity and innovation within your team? But then, how do you balance innovation, like you were saying, with the uh, you know you have to maintain quality and reliability and functionality. Yeah. Like sometimes those two don't go together, right? You can't be super creative, and you will need to keep that. Like so, how do you guys foster that, and how do you build that within the team? You want, you yeah. want to keep that? <laughs> yeah. uh, for sure. Rock, uh, paper, scissors. Yeah, right. <laughs> so so it, it, like you say, it's um, it, it really is you you can be innovative and you can be creative, but you you really do have a, a sandbox to play in. Sure. It's predefined yeah, you have to. Yeah. Um, with regulations, certifications, um, all of those, they're that those sort of put the checklist out there. Yeah. Go, okay, if we're making a product, we need to get these this this environmental side of it or whatever yeah. it may be, certification. Um, on the flip side of it, though, you get a little bit of creativity in how you achieve that and how mm. do you get there and how do you have the customization. And I and I know, our, especially on our R&D team, they love those challenges. They love that ability of going, all right, le leave it with me. Let's see right. what I can do. How do I, you know, I've got to make it in a box this size now as opposed to, you know, it's an, an inch left depth or a, a little bit less wide. What can I do with that? So a big part, what I would say, and and I know we've we've hmm. we've done it in the past, and we'll always do it in the future, is when we have our designers able to talk to um, you know end customers, end users, things like that. It allows them to to kind of look at what they're doing and 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 look at it through those lenses. So yes, they've got a sandbox, they play in a checkbox that they need to get everything checked off for certifications and everything. But then they get that extra little bit where they, you know, they're talking to a user and they're like, oh, wouldn't it be just great if I could use it? And that's where it is. And it could be as simple as, you know, reorganizing and, and modifying menus. So they're a right. lot easier to use. So uh, a user only has to hit two buttons as opposed to five buttons. So you kind of get that level of it. But I mean, I think with any engineering and anything like that, we've got the electrical side, mechanical side, software side. I think that's where they really get the creativities as well, too, and refining and efficiencies and processes. And, and you know, if a new program comes out or a new ability to draw or a new ability to right. to, to mimic something prior to it going out, I think that's really where you get where that you see it. And, and that motivation to keep going, understanding that, you know, you might not be I, I, developing and researching the the latest thing that no one's ever thought right, of, right. but you are, you are adding features and, and usability and, and friendliness to it in that sense. So, so given uh, that, what are some new, what's some new innovation you guys mentioned, a new product launch, what can you speak about? What's, what's new and exciting in your guys' world that's going to be upcoming in the next 12 months? I'll let you talk on that. Yeah, one. well, the, the 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 radio obviously is a is a big one. Um, there hasn't been a new product into that specific market for a long time. Um, so we're really excited about the the improved capabilities that we we believe we're offering uh, into that space. Um, and you know, Taylor mentioned the the sandbox, if you will. So uh, our team has a really good understanding uh, of the, the boundaries of that sandbox and then what that enables us to do uh, internally. 
Uh, and, and part of it as well as the, the vertical integration side of things is, yes, we have our engineering team who are who are thinking of ways in which they can design or add features into our product, but they can also incorporate the, the, the brain power and experience of our production team to go, okay, I, I want to try this concept. Right. Can we, can we actually do it? And so then there's an opportunity there to, to experiment, you know, uh, yep. conceptually upstairs, right. but physically downstairs as well, where we can go, okay, let's try that bend radius on this machine. Let's try this with our, our, um, our five axis router. Um, you know, can we, can we learn this new soldering technique so that we can use this component? Um, th those are all really key conversations that take place within the building. Um, yeah, so from fr from the radio side, um, it's going to decrease the pilot workload, um, decrease the maintenance workload uh, for for the maintenance teams for the operators, um, really improve their ability to make changes um, within their um, channel sets and things because of, and, and you know an aircraft to be operating fighting a fire in Kelowna one week. Right. And then that fire gets put out, and that that company accepts a contract uh, across the border in Idaho. Mm. So completely different channel requirements, completely yeah. different operational <laughs> requirements. You don't want to pull a radio out. You don't want to have right. to send it in for programming somewhere. You need to be able to quickly do something so that you can become as active as quickly as possible uh, on that fire. So it's a there's not only is there a public safety element to that, and that you're trying to uh, contain that fire as quickly as possible. But from the commercial side for that company is they've signed a contract. So any downtime mm -hmm. means they don't get paid. Yeah. Uh, so it, it, it matters on, on both sides of the fence there um, on, on the radio. Um, on the loudspeaker system side, um, we have a, we'll have a new product uh, launching out uh, in the first half of this year. Um, so it's, a, it's an elevation on our design. So we're improving um, the, the sound, sound pressure output level uh, of the uh, of our current system offerings, um, and that that came about from some robust discussions with one of our OEM partners, yeah. um, saying that hey, you know what, guys, we we have this system here, yeah. but it's it, it's not quite good enough for us. How else can we achieve uh, the result that we need so that we can be confident in installing on the aircrafts and that our, our customers will be confident utilizing it? Um, so that was a really good exercise for us to go through. Um, it's a, it's a completely new design for us. Um, but of course, you know, I, I mentioned the, having the production team available to go, you know what, he, here's right. what we're thinking. Th this is the box with thinking of, of, of building. We, we want to do these kinds of things with it, to have them on hand to go. Yep. You can, we can try this right. or yep. We can absolutely manufacture that. Uh, so let's, you know, we, we can continue to, um, Im improve our design processes that way. So, you know, from a uh, an output perspective, to help the help customers, uh, oh sorry, help help the listeners understand, yeah. um, we'll effectively be be doubling the um, uh, the audible level of our of our systems output. Yeah, you guys have a lot <laughs> so on the go. <laughs> it's all, it's already really loud, um, yeah. but it, it's it's going to to the human ear. Yeah, double in volume again. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, lots on lots on the go from you guys. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, of course, then there's a there's a uh, some other development activity that's taking place. There's always looking to um, either optimize the uh, manufacturability of the product. Right. So Taylor mentioned, you know, you you've got a circuit board that's 
20 years old and it's got right. components on it. Can we redesign that board to put it into a smaller form factor, more modern components on there so that we can reduce the risk of obsolescence, right. uh, but still maintain the function of the unit right. so that we, we can then offer um, offer the customer a lighter unit with a higher level of reliability to it because every ounce of weight that you can save on an aircraft also really helps. Um, so that's mm -hmm. uh, that's an important thing that we're looking at as well for our products moving forward. Yeah. Interesting. Well, lots on the go for you guys. Thank you for taking some time and talking today and um, love just the, I know it's a quick insight. I'm sure we could talk for another hour on it. So just the insight of AEM and um, and the guys' culture. And, you know, I can see why you awarded business of the year. I think you guys have built something pretty special there, which is pretty cool to hear and see. Uh, like I said, it's always nice to see stuff that's happening in our backyard that we might not know of. So thank you yeah. for giving us some insight and and uh, talking for a little bit today. I really enjoyed it. No, for thank sure. You. I, I, I like to, I like to call us the biggest little company that no one's ever heard of. <laughs> I love it. Um, <laughs> because, you know, we, we, we won the Kelowna a lot this yeah. year, but, but in reality, you know, in, in the greater scheme yeah. of things are actually kind of small, but we, we, we do some really cool things. Uh, we get on some really interesting aircraft, interesting programs, interesting customers. Um, cool. And, but we're also working closely with the local organizations right. such as Alpine Aerotech, Alpine Helicopters, right. Innovative right. Aerospace, KF Aerospace, all these kind of smaller groups yeah. uh, that that you that are part of our ecosystem here, and you and you can see more visibly on a day to day basis, particularly in the summertime. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Now that yeah. I next time I'll see that, I'm like, hey, I know what's in there. <laughs> yeah. Well, you guys, thank you so much for joining me. I really uh, enjoyed our conversation. Thanks for taking some time and talking. Yeah, thanks, Rob. You bet, Rob. Pleasure. Thanks. Um, if you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review and share the podcast uh, with your friends. And until next time, thank you for tuning into Business Matters and have a great day. Thanks, guys. Thanks. We would like to thank your sponsor, Valley First, a division of First West Credit Union and a member-owned financial cooperative serving the Okanagan, Similkameen, and Thompson regions. They offer a wide range of banking and investment services for individuals and families. Valley First also has a talented business and commercial team to provide the expertise, products, and services local businesses need to grow and thrive. <laughs>